Hey, this is Burke, and due to the nature of this podcast, there might be depictions of graphic violence or harsh language, so listener discretion is advised. Hey everybody, I'm back, and honestly, I feel a little bit early coming back with this too. Last month was pretty brutal, and I'm not gonna lie, and even up to like this week, it was pretty rough. I ended up catching COVID, dealt with a bunch of work nonsense, a lot of personal growth stuff, which was good. It's just the good and the bad came together. It just was a lot. So to make up for all that nonsense I had this month, we're going to talk about an easy topic today. This is something that often gets overlooked, and it's downtime. Downtime is something we often skip in our tabletop role-playing games, when we really should just embrace it. See, we as dungeon masters should embrace. You might be going, Burke, what do you mean embrace the downtime? Downtime is basically you're just going to camp. This is travel time. Well, these are important moments in your game. Don't get me wrong. There is a time and place to put teleporters in and just kind of fast forward everything. Well, downtime has perks because for the most part, if you're trying to build a game where you're your more narrative style game instead of just murder hobos being murder hobos downtime you can embrace the character development you can encourage your players to talk to each other the downtime allows characters to engage in activities beyond adventuring you know whether it be hunting establishing camaraderie talking with the npcs you know you get to see like the depth of their personalities that you wouldn't normally see you can also learn more skills about your players this way and you can find out more plot hooks and more information you would need to design your game more thoroughly. And it wouldn't be a world building with Burke episode if we didn't talk about world building. You know, the downtime provides an opportunity to explore and enrich your game world. I mean, the players get to interact with the setting as they do combat and stuff. But with the downtime, whether it be going shopping, you know, setting up camp, doing a little hunting trip with your group, they can see parts of the town. They can see society and allows you to really flush out your setting whether it be in a tavern or in the slums you get to embrace the world itself where you wouldn't get that if you're just going from combat to combat to combat don't get me wrong i get players are after combat but it's also important to build up your world because at the end of the day we're telling a story now the low-hanging fruit stuff with downtime you know rest and recovery you might have some major injuries that need to be addressed. Well, do you address those off screen? Like, oh, yeah, by the way, Mordecai heals Raymond's severed hand over the course of the next three days. Uh, I mean, would you rather them talk like that? Or would you rather have the dialogue where Raymond's squirming because Mordecai is trying to reattach his left arm? I think you would rather that one. Because you can also learn about the other player. You can learn about Mordecai, who is the healer, and how he views healing, especially in this case. You can also see what Raymond's situation. Maybe he's gone through some trauma. Maybe he's had to have a limb reattached. Or maybe Morgan's had to have a, a limb reattached and she's chiding Raymond for being such a baby. It's just a limb that's being put back on. Would you rather grow a new one? You know, you never know. A big one people don't think about is resource management. Now I'm talking 
getting spell scrolls, potions, maybe even reagents if you're that kind of DM for all your casters having to go and go, oh, hey, I need to get all my bat wings and bat guano and insects for all these different spells. Not to mention getting food. Well, we already kind of brushed on like, oh, I'm my group is hunting. But let's say you're in town. Are you the DM that's going to enforce that every time they're in town, they need to specify when they get their rations? OK, where do they buy those rations from? Do they get it from the general store? Or do they go to some bougie boutique? I mean, we can look at the Talor campaign. How often does Beans go looking for coffee beans? How often does Raymond go into a bookstore trying to find his books? I know getting books isn't necessarily resources, but it kind of brushes on to the world building aspect. Another key point is it kind of sets the campaign pacing as well, because it can come off very strongly if you're going from crisis to crisis to crisis. We don't want that. That's not realistic. Like, imagine if you're going crisis to crisis to crisis. I'm kind of dealing with that right now, but I'm finally getting stuff to manageable where I'm not stressing out about it in real life. Now, if I was a D&D character who's going from combat to crisis to combat to crisis to combat to crisis, I'd probably be in mental turmoil. So if we're trying to be more realistic, we should maybe break it up a little bit so the characters have some time to relax and focus on more character-based moments. This also allows your players to be engaged in that part of the game and not just the combat. Another big one that kind of comes down is we want to keep the narrative as flexible as possible because this allows the DM and the party to shape the story because they might come up with something that is on the spot that they want to do. Like, hey, maybe let's go check for treasure that's in this area. Well, you're not going to get that when you're going from one town to another. Like, let's say you stop and let's say you have some passerby walk through and the party starts asking a bunch of questions. You can come up with a lot of this stuff on the spot and go, oh, yeah, there's this abandoned mine that's, you know, three miles to the west. I can draw like a cheap little map for you. Go for it. And the party goes, oh, maybe we want to go inspect that mine. Is the mine infested with something? Maybe. Is there maybe some resources that the miners never got to? Probably. It just allows for building different story arcs. And some of these can be very character-based story arcs. Now, while we're talking about the story-based character arcs, we can actually go into more role-playing opportunities. Yes, not everybody is into the role-playing part of D&D or any tabletop role-playing games, but there are people who enjoy that part of the game. And this allows the players to talk to the NPCs, build relationships with them, have the funny moments that keep people coming back. Like, it's important to remember that we're telling stories in these games and allowing your players to tell a story that you're not coming up with necessarily. And that's 100%. Like, the players build their own character's story. If you take away the downtime, they don't get to share that story with you or the other players. And it often gets overlooked because it's easier just to say, I'm going to roll see if there's a random encounter. You guys ride for three days. When in reality, you go day one, set up a shop. Okay, let's go roll for shifts. Okay, let's go roll for what's going on. And then you can have like the downtime and you can have the special moments with the players and the NPCs. Another thing that's often overlooked or just streamlined into the system, which kind of sucks, is the crafting system or even skill development ones. Like you can go, oh yeah, by the way, over the course of the next month, I want so-and-so to teach me Dwarvish. Okay, well, how about have the funny moments on the downtimes periodically where 
you're trying to learn Dwarvish. Or, oh hey, I need to make rolls to make sure my gun that I'm inventing doesn't explode. All right, let's talk about some of the other stuff. Like, let's talk about, you know, you're trying to, let's say your players are trying to make some money. So let's say that they have a side business. Let's say they're run, they're selling all the stuff out of their cart that they're traveling around on the side of the road. Let's say they have brokered a business to sell their wares or they have bought this business so they need to go in and check in with the tavern keeper and say oh hey by the way we've made a bunch of money let's go talk to get this place upgraded i mean that kind of digs into that kind of digs into customization and personalization of the game too because it allows you guys to like sit down and build the world out at least on the player's side how they want it because there's certain things that they should be able to control and that's one of the things now you don't really get that if you cut all that out like there's so many little mini games that are in tabletop role-playing games that just add up to the big tapestry which is your campaign and while you're in the process of doing that this allows your players to engage with the npcs in the community that they're in you might have these border towns that are just sitting outside of these major city walls that your player might not want to walk through regularly but let's say like oh the gatehouse is closed you're going to have to camp out in front of the gate this tonight so you're just around this tent city that's around the major city because they can't get in the wall yeah that lets your rogue go rob a bunch of people if they choose to or it allows them all to go party and do some other things and interact with the party i mean who knows maybe one of your party members will get drunk and accidentally get married to somebody i mean that's funny downtime the last thing i want to talk about is this gives you a good opportunity to build in plot hooks like major plot hooks as well as the small ones too like does your big bad evil guy send a, a nasty letter to the party at the hotel they're staying at does he actually walk in there your party goes and finds the bounty board that's sitting out in front of the tavern and goes and finds work after that you know maybe you want to set up that there's a serial killer in town and the party finds a dead body in the street you know find out there's a bunch of mysterious occurrences that keep happening that oh hey i need to investigate that you know maybe you find out there's a infestation in the mage college and you're not sure what the heck's going on so you go in and investigate and it turns out they've accidentally opened a portal to another realm that can't be closed and these things are spewing out what i'm trying to get at is yes you can cut the downtime out of your game and still sort of have these things. But if you leave it in, it feels more organic when your party actually interacts with it or makes the choices for that. Because, you, I mean, sure, you can go, all right, guys, you traveled 600 miles. What do you want to do? They're like, oh, we want to go fight something. Okay, well, are you going to rest after, you know, traveling 600 miles? Nah, we rested on the road. Well, I'm pretty sure you're pretty beat. Just saying. No, like if I was traveling 600 miles in a car, let's say I'm, let's say I am traveling 600 miles in a car. I'm going to be beat by the end of that day. So why wouldn't your party who's been riding horses not be exhausted? Just saying. It's more to think about. Okay, outro stuff. I didn't get to run my first session yet. It's actually coming up the week after this is posted. I ended up catching COVID that week and I had, it was mostly mild. I had some really bad fevers. I was pissed because I took that week off. And so it just was on and off fevers. It was relatively mild other than that. Um, like I said, I've had a lot of personal growth stuff. It's hard for me to talk about it on the podcast because I like to keep my personal life pretty separate. Um, probably the way of not going too crazy with it is I cut a bunch of people out of my life that were very toxic and made some decisions that, you know, I wasn't 
necessarily feeling anymore. So I stopped some of my hobbies that I enjoyed. All right, the other side of that, the good parts of it. So this last month, I have been doing this thing called a hobby streak. I've been keeping it on my personal Instagram. I might put stuff on to the world building with Burke Instagram about it, but I've been kind of keeping it to myself and the people I know. It's where I do something creative over the course of a month. Well, more than a month, actually. It's until I decide to stop. Uh, as of like today, I get to count this as part of my hobby streak. I believe this is day 35 of doing something every day. I've been painting a lot of minis. I've been working on the podcast. I've been doing quite a bit of everything, really, like is like some creative writing. As long as I've been doing something creative, it counts for the day. So it's been very exciting, but um, it's been helping me through this crazy things going on. And we'll talk about it when it gets closer to some of the stuff happening. Um, don't don't worry about it. Um, I guess I'll sell some of it. I'm moving again, locally. I'm finally just gonna get my own place because I'm tired of the roommate nonsense. Yeah, anyways, I don't wanna share too much about it. It's still like a month or two out before I just go ahead and do it. But, so there shouldn't be like any like weird setting up other than, it depends on the acoustics in the apartment, I guess. So, I don't know. Um, another thing that was kind of a downside, so I applied for press pass for the Emerald City Comic Con up in Seattle. I didn't get approved. It's been an interesting month. Uh, I kind of wish I had recorded the podcast, but at the same time, I was going through some shit. So, and I'm still going through some shit. It was a rough weekend. And as a reminder, we have a Discord. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode, and I will catch you on the next one.